didn't think I still had this, but I've got a list of all the shows we played in 2006. Because we were just talking about on the last show about our show in Boston at Copperfields for the Shite and Onions uh, CD release party. And it was indeed the very first date we played out of state. Boston, Massachusetts, March 11th, 2006. Driving straight from Houston, Texas to Boston in one shot. I think we stopped twice. <laughs> I don't I, know. I wasn't there. I remember we stopped at a, uh, gosh, what is that place called? Oh, the bear, the cracker, cracker barrel, <laughs> cracker barrel <laughs> in Kentucky. So I think we That's stopped at the same system. cracker barrel on the way there and on the way home. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we were <laughs> fixated on that one restaurant. Uh, but can you guess what the next show was right after that? Right after Boston? The very next day. Very next day. Let me guess. Florida. <laughs> no? Good. No idea? Dramatic pause. The, the, <laughs> that was pretty dramatic pause. Uh-huh. The Inn. Long Beach, Long Beach, New York. What? Yeah. No. Yep. It was the very first time we played there. Was this Elemental Penguin or was this? <laughs> wow, that's, that's crazy. And then we went back to Boston <laughs> the very next day on March, March 11th, Boston, March 12th, Long Island. Well, remember, March, kids, this is before Boston. maps, okay? This is before Christopher <laughs> Columbus. This is before, this is before Jesus had teeth. This is, <laughs> this is, this is, this is lunacy. <laughs> who, write, who books these shows? Well, it was the very first time we'd left, so I mean... God. To be fair, it was like sort of there was this excitement of like, oh, here's a show. Oh, there's a show. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly what happened. So so again, not to show our age, but this is uh, this is uh, MySpace days, and uh, well, again, the, the the other day we're driving home from uh, actually we just did a parade down in um, down in Galveston for Fat Tuesday and Mardi Gras and uh, played at the Drunken Monkey uh, down there in Galveston. But uh, we were talking about the strengths of MySpace and also the big gap that it's left us with touring and band communication, other band communication. There was such a direct line to bands Mm -hmm. back in those days in that if you wanted to tour, you could call these people. And I'm not talking about the wankers that would, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, We we know everybody here. You know, we get 10,000 to show over here. We get 50,000 over here. Then you show up and they pay a hundred dollars and they, they're looking at you like you got three heads and you go, where's your crowd? You know? So people, I'm just, I, I, I loved MySpace because it was, A, you had your player up there. So you put your, your, your big songs on there. Bands and more importantly, agents would go on there and listen to your stuff and see other people liked it, played it, shared it, and it was it was a big deal. Now now we're just we're we're in a we're in this massive big bowl of soup with all this other bands and yeah. clubs and just you, you know like even even restaurants that don't do music have kind of jumped into this thing. So this, so this is this massive, yeah. you know, it's, it, 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 it's like gumbo. It's like, you know, it's ugly to look at and it's awful to taste. Yeah. So it, it's just, we don't have, we don't have any grasp on the control that we had back then. You, you kind yeah. of just throw in a, right. a net out there and you have to sit. It, it's this. funny because at the time I, I hated MySpace with a freaking passion when, when it was back then it was, it was, uh, it was Turi who brought it to our attention initially because it was like, I don't know. It was something that younger kids were into. Yes. You know, Terry being 10 years younger than we are. She still is. Yeah, she way. still is. Yeah. But this is a long time ago. I mean, Patrick and I were in her mid thirties and she was in her early twenties. So, um, I was 18. 
She said, "We got to get in MySpace." And I'm like, "Oh God, really?" Because I'd seen it a couple times. There, I was. <laughs> MySpace was first brought to my attention. It was somebody, somebody was hot linking an image from my from my website. That means they they they, they were stealing a web an image from my website. Meaning, <laughs> hot linking means they didn't download it and then re-upload it somewhere. They were linking directly to the image on my server. Well, I was hoping to hot link later and then today, embedding but... it, <laughs> embedding it on their MySpace page. And that was a, the thing about MySpace that people loved, but it was also their Achilles heel that you could do anything to your page you wanted. I'm sure you all remember this. But you could, you could just keep doing it until it destroyed your computer. It would, anybody who browsed your page, their computer would crash. <laughs> it was just crazy, wild stuff that you just can't get away with on the internet anymore. But what's funny about that, ironically, is that as chaotic and crazy as MySpace was, we did have, as Patrick was saying, a much better communication but much better degree of communication with other people and other bands. Back then, as crazy as MySpace was, there was less distractions overall. And, and it was easier just, to find people. Yeah, and people could just go on there, listen to music and be done mm-hmm. versus the, uh, you know, go on now and, you know, comment, you've got to rate it, you got to do, you, you just, the proof was your music was played, it was shared and it was enjoyed and, or not. And, and that was it, it was just black and white. So that was the, a more simpler time, but still much uh much easier for for us to navigate yeah now with a hundred different sites with youtube and uh pandora and spotify and itunes all that crap you have you just you, you have too many choices you have too many too much uh, and also keep in mind you, you got too much stuff to 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 navigate also keep in mind too the attention span is a fraction of what it was so, mm-hmm. so you so you really are, you're dealing with, you're dealing with, it's, uh, it's a multi-edged sword because it's just, it's a, uh, and there's few bands that I can, that, that, that I see that, that actually uh, are, are navigating this well mm-hmm. these days. Yeah. Very, 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 very few bands. And, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy how things have changed. Yes. Yeah, so, so anyway, back to the tour. We, so, so our first tour, <laughs> uh, and you could call it a tour because like, like we, we didn't have smartphones back then. We didn't have maps on the phones. We had a paper map, which we refused to use because we're male. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so, so I do remember driving straight. And uh, I don't, didn't remember that the second leg was in Long Island to our friend yeah. Pete, Pete's Place, the Inn in Long Island. Was, well, and rewinding crazy. just a little, a little bit to when we first left, I was, I mean, I know we all were at this point. I was so excited about the fact that we were leaving the state for the first time because it was a big deal we were talking about this before we started recording it was it was a big deal when we played in austin the first time um, yes because at the time and you you had been doing patch Dovin band and on the dole and five easy payments before that but you'd kind of stayed and we had kind of stayed within a certain perimeter around houston well you had to there's yeah there's right? no way to get out there's yeah. no way to so going to austin was a big deal which that might be a whole other story about a relationship with Austin. But I, I remember the, the moment that we crossed the state line into Louisiana as we're moving further east on, that first, on this first tour. When we crossed that state line, do you remember? Do you remember that? We were all cheering, just like, like school kids. It was, just, yeah, it was just a silly moment of joy because we'd finally left the state lines. Yeah, but you're in Louisiana, so it wasn't that, that big <laughs> No, I know, but it was like, here we go. And to me, that was that was just as exciting, almost just as exciting as the first time I'd heard our record on the radio. I think to go on a completely different tangent, the first time we heard our, our stuff on KPFT. 
which seems like not such a big deal. It seems like so trivial now, but that was a big deal as well. Yeah, and also keep in mind, too, that there's much better ways to go. Even if you go into Louisiana, you should probably go around. It's just kidding. No, but the, the, we, went, we, we went all the way east and then up north instead of cutting, cutting across the yeah. country. We go. Again, no smartphones. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so you just, you, just, uh, you know, uh, it was awful. Bloody yeah. awful. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I want probably, my life back. We probably would not have headed straight east. <laughs> no, and, and nowadays... Had we had GPS? Yeah, nowadays you can pick up the phone and call, get, you know, much like we did Austin. Uh, just Chad mentioned Austin a second ago. So we, we uh, before we left to go on our worldwide tour of Boston, um, we wanted to go and play Austin. So we had, uh, I called up a place on 6th Street, an Irish pub. Can't remember the name of it. And uh, called him up, and I said, uh, I said, yeah, you know, we have an Irish rock and roll band. And uh, he said, so what? And I said, all right. <laughs> Never called him again. Anyway, but uh, so I called Fado, young fellow from Belfast, answers the phone. And uh, I'm not sure if I talked to him immediately, Irish, but Brian. I, yeah. Uh, this was. And he answered, he answered and said, yeah, Fado, Irish pub. I said, look, I got a four-piece Irish band, and he heard my accent immediately, so he knew we weren't the band with the music stand singing you know, you too. Uh, so he, uh, yeah, said, come on up, you know, we'll do, uh, we'll, we'll basically pay for petrol and food and, uh, see how we like it. And that was, that was fine with us, you know? I, uh, well, and going back to, I mean, you, you had been talking about Fado. You said, we're going to play there. Yeah. Cause I went to see Shane McGowan. Yeah. Years in, in before Austin. that. Yeah. Years before that. And we stopped in at Fado and I and I loved that place. And we I, say years before, I mean, Fado was relatively young at that point. Yes. This was 2006 and Fado, I think it opened in, Oh two or something like that. Oh two or three. Sounds right. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, so anyway, so he knew we weren't we weren't going to come up there and sing Danny Boy nor. I'm sorry. Oh four. This was like our first gig at Fado. We've rewound just to, for perspective here, context. Okay. This was oh four uh, when we first played at Fado. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I'll take your word for it. And uh, so I talked to uh, to uh, this young fella from uh, Belfast, Brian Russell. And uh, Skinner, as he was lovingly known by his uh, crew. And uh, so anyway, we went up and uh, Tori, Brian, Chad, myself, and uh, we, we loaded everything in. <laughs> we couldn't get the PA and the amps and four of us in one, in, in, in my trooper. <laughs> oh, I should so, go find those pictures. So we ended up, uh, we ended up stuffing them into two cars. No, I think and, that the very first, we did manage to cram everything into the trooper. Uh, we first. did the first one. Yeah, I have pictures. Oh, we of did. That. That's right. Yes, yes, so like, we did. Yeah, because there's this picture of the, the kick drums between. Yes, and the back, and and back seat. Yeah, <laughs> there, was, there was gear stuffed everywhere. I think Turi designed it that way so she could have her uh, she could have her space between herself. <laughs> right. But uh, um, only joking, Brian. Everybody loves you, except me. Um, so we stop in at Fado and we're, it, was, it was simpler times back then as well in that we pulled right up to the stage in the alley and we just dumped all the gear off onto the stage and we parked there and we played there. We did our first set. We played all our, our A-list material, uh, Danny Boy and you 2 I'm just kidding. And uh, they, they had a great crowd that night and of course there's no way for us to get the word out so it was all word of mouth and uh, just the punters that were in, 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 in earshot of Fado and anybody that's been to Fado in Austin will know that it, 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 it overlooked 4th Street. The, the stage that we played on 90% of the time overlooks 4th uh, Street, which 4th Street 
is a little bit, it, it, it's, it's different from 6th Street in that it's older crowd, a little bit more mature, better drinkers, better, mm. just better clientele than, than 6th Street is kind of where you go to, you know, you know, to leave your murderers and your, <laughs> you know, your, your ex-cons and all that stuff. So, um, and college kids, same thing. And um, so we're playing, uh, we played all our, our A-list stuff and just, and just played everything at warp speed. I'm sure there's some recording of somewhere and uh, it went over great. Everybody loved us. And uh, Brian came up to me and he says, come here. And uh, he says, look, he says, uh, he said, don't stop. Yeah. He said, you know, I know we agreed on one set. He said, but I'm going to pay you double what I said. I'm going to give you the calendar, pick whatever dates you want. Just don't stop. So we went back on there. We played stuff we'd never played before. We played our B-list stuff a little faster, a little louder and made it sound like, and it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. It was, it was an immediate, it was an immediate uh, relationship formed, a, a, an immediate bond between us and the staff and the locals, the, the, the regulars of Fado. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we're still friends with some of them today. Oh, yeah. And um, the, the turnover, anybody knows the turnover at a place like that is, is just magnificent mm-hmm. in, in that you can go there at lunchtime and come back at happy hour and it's changed. But they're... they're uh, you know, we ended up befriending a lot of them and uh, we've made lifelong friends with us. A, a bunch of the people that we met there are coming on our Ireland tour this year. We've been in touch with them since day one, since, uh, yeah. since that. So Austin was a great find for us. And uh, playing there was, was incredibly exhilarating early because keep in mind that I mean, the band was very young at this point. This was August 04 when we first started playing there. We didn't have our CD out. You know, we'd only been we'd only been blackguard since since July. Yeah, point. we were really brand new, and all we had were the what we call the Bev tapes, the yeah, the demo tapes that we recorded on my four track with two realistic PZM microphones hanging from yeah. the ceiling in front of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which actually sounded pretty decent. So that's all we had. That was our demo tape. Yeah. So that began the Austin showed us that we could leave town. Boston showed us that we could leave the state and the reach that we had on MySpace and the, cause again, the websites were, I, I, I just, I, I don't know if we missed the boat on websites. It just, uh, it just seems like it, it, websites were always secondary to whatever social media platform. Well, they were, yeah, not initially yeah. Um, for, I mean, for, there was a time there in the early days before MySpace cause, cause we started we didn't really get on MySpace until I'm going to say '05, I think, or something like that. It wasn't right away. Yeah. And so the website for a long time was the only way that you yeah. could find out where, where, and when we were playing. I mean, there was no jam base, there was no bands in town, yeah, or, or song kick, or all this other stuff. So should we get back to the the tour itinerary? Of yeah. So well, so where do we go after <laughs> after Long Beach? <laughs> we went. Well, we went straight back to Boston. Uh, the Purple Shamrock in Boston. This was March 13th. Purple Shamrock, incidentally, is uh, where I learned uh, where I learned to be a professional drunk. Uh, Purple Shamrock, Bell and Hand. Um, rewinding, when I first came over to the States, I landed in Boston and uh, lived in South Boston for a short time. And uh, uh, so that I worked in Faneuil Hall and I lived uh, I lived in like I said, I lived in South Boston, but I worked in Faneuil Hall. So my drinking, uh, my drinking days were the Bell and Hand, Purple Shamrock, uh, 
uh, the place called Limericks back then. I think they're gone. Frog Lane, bunch of the places around there. So it was a it was a big deal to me to to go back there and play. And uh, um, so I'd called Purple Shamrock and it, you know just talked to you know the, the staff had changed eighteen thousand times before or since you know since I lived there. But even still, it was it was kind of cool to go back there and. And play again, and I remember it was it was, it was a a little bit po- a little bit more poser crowd than than it was back when I was there. So they were uh, they were they, they they liked it, but it was a little, little shocking to them to have uh, a live band, you know, play at that speed, you know, at that yeah, you know, it was. Uh, little- yeah, I remember that the audience seemed a little befuddled yeah. that night. So in in a. The, the, returning to the sort of ping pong madness of this first tour schedule, this is hilarious. So, just to reiterate, first gig was in Boston, March 11th. Second gig was in Long Island, March 12th. Third gig was in Boston again. Fourth gig was back in New York, in Manhattan this time, at Patty Riley's. Yes. And in between that, there was we had one day off. I think it was March 14th. Yeah, March 14th. And I think that's when we went into Boston and we just kind of hung out. I remember the Pogues were playing that day. So I have a picture of the, uh, the Pogues were playing at some venue. The Orpheum? Probably, yeah, the Orpheum, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of took a picture of ourselves out, out front like we were going to go see the show. We didn't have tickets. <laughs> um, but yeah, then the very next night, we were back in New York um, in Manhattan this time at Patty Riley's. Duggan. Yes, I remember. Is that the guy's name? Steve, Steve Duggan, Duggan, yeah. So I called, I called up Patty Riley's and... Uh, um, we mentioned Anne-Marie Shields, who was the, the, she was the driving force behind My Bloody Valentine, Kevin Shields' band. They were my next-door neighbors in a place called Cornell's Court in South Dublin, and lifelong dear friends. Well, Tom Shields, their father, was good friends with, well, everybody was good friends with Steve Duggan. From Paddy Riley's. What was Tom Shields? He had a nickname. Remember that? Rock, Rock Daddy. Rock Daddy. Yes. Rock Daddy. <laughs> and uh, Tom Shields and uh, uh, his lovely late wife Dolores, just a just an angel. Angel. They're still they're, they're still just they have huge impact on our family. And um, so Tom Shields, I, I, I remember talking to Tom Shields a few times on the phone, and. Uh, he gave me he gave me some great advice which I can't I can't uh, relay, <laughs> but uh, he, Tom Shields says tell tell Steve you know me, blah blah blah. So I called up there and I talked to a couple of bartenders and they were fine and they said yeah 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 they they probably get a hundred calls a day to play there and I don't know why because <laughs> the stage is about the size of a, a beer coaster and the, the it, it's about as sturdy as a beer coaster. Uh, I've, I finally got Steve Duggan on the phone and it uh, turns out he knew my uncle uh, and I've got 14 uncles. So yeah, what, what are the chances, right? Um, and uh, Steve's just an absolute, he's everything that everybody says about him. He's an absolute character. And uh, he didn't ask what we did. He didn't ask when, when, how, what, what, but he just said, yeah, whatever date you want. We, so we, that was, that's how we came across that gig. And also uh, Larry Kirwan. Um, Black 47, that was a mainstay for them. So, yes. So also to play on that stage was, 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 was a big deal for us. But also, um, Paddy Riley used to own. Yes. Now, Paddy Riley's a, an, an Irish folk singer. 
arguably one of the biggest, as in, you know, folk singers. You know, people know Clancy Brothers and they know the Dubliners and Wolf Tones and Chieftains and all that stuff. Paddy Riley was uh, just an incredible songwriter, but but a great, just a, just a great singer and a, and a great a great personality. So he used to own that. Steve Duggan bought it from him, and uh, uh, just and kept the name. And for people who don't know, Paddy Riley's is infamous for having only Guinness on tap. There's like. Something like 10 or 12. Seven. Seven? Okay. Yeah, it, spells, exactly. it, it spells out Guinness. That's the, right. Okay. So there the, you go. There yeah. you go. Okay. Yeah. And the stories, the stories that you will hear from that bar, if, if you do get a chance, just go into that bar, listen to the, listen to the, lo- the locals and everything you hear is true. I promise. Except what I wrote in the bathroom. That's not true. <laughs> and I've apologized to Chad many times. But um, New York's such an amazing town anyway, but it's just so wonderful to be able to go and find those places these yeah. meccas of you know of 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 history but yeah so 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 we we were educated uh in many many ways and it was just it's just it, it just it's wonderful to 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 think about this stuff again to bring this stuff to you i hope it's i hope it's interesting because it it's it's it, it's kind of shocking to me that all this stuff is is on you know it's on the back burner and in talking about it it's it's just I, I just yeah, well, this I, is kind of what I figure. Like every every single venue is going to have a million stories that we're not going to have time to get through. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we're going to get through this tour itinerary. Um, well, we might. We'll see. What was next? All right. So that was uh, that was March fifteenth, thousand six, and then we went to the very next day. We started this. It was four days in a row. Or actually, well, one, two, it was three days, but with four different Kildare's locations. There was this whole string of pubs up there. That was the. Do you remember how you landed this Kildare's here? Because that was I, that was kind of a, a big a big win at the time. We're like, holy crap! Because we got all four or five of these these uh, locations. We played at every single one of them. Yeah. In the Philly area, and they had started with five or six pubs. I think yeah. We played at all of them. We started. Yeah, we started downtown, right? Yeah. The first one was Headhouse Square. Headhouse Square. We, I know we did King. Of, no, we didn't do King of Russia on that one, did we? No. There, that was that, that was that, that was came later. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did Westchester. We did. Uh, I think it was later that same year. Headhouse Square. We did uh, Westchester on Patty's Day itself, which was crazy. Okay, Westchester on Patty. Okay, was that wasn't the first one though, right? No, Head- first one. Head- first Head- one was Headhouse. Headhouse Square. Okay, keep in mind that um, Irish pub equals generally a small area. Well, it's fine if it's one person or even one large person, but two people, you're scar- starting to get claustrophobic three people you're 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 out of space and then there's people who are going to be standing four people and gear and everybody's outside so headhouse square was much the same and uh if you're thinking about starting a rock and roll band also just remember this you're going to have to be an electrician you're going to have to be uh, an engineer you're going to have to be an architect you're going to have to be a (laughs) part chimpanzee you're going to have to be um, in in order to play some of these places, especially if you're not doing music venues all the time, um, you're going to have to know and you're going to have to figure out pretty quickly. Headhouse Square, I remember, it's kind of a cottage, laid, laid out like a small cottage, and we had to get upstairs and we had to bring gear up up and down. And, you know, in the cold and the snow and the rain and the fog and the heat and the whatever it is, it's not going to be easy. So, uh, and I remember my, my good friend, Steve Boyd, who... Uh, 
his uh, his wife Tracy just called me and said that he's been listening to the podcast and he really enjoys them. And cool. uh, uh, but anyway, Steve, I remember Steve was an is an incredible drummer. hasn't played for years, but Steve uh, said to me, he goes, "Are you sure you want to do this?" <laughs> I was one of the first things that was before any of these bands before on the dole before anything he said uh, he looked at me and he goes are you sure you want to do this and mm-hmm. uh, yeah I'm still sure I want to do it but. that's funny I was just recalling a similar moment with my friend Nathan when we we're ta- earlier we're talking about possibly talking about our influences and stuff and I mentioned and I think no I think it was the very first episode I mentioned very briefly my my relationship with the movie Stop Making Sense which had a lot to do with that was what I call my Elvis moment where you know, people like in uh, people like in Tom Petty's generation remember Beatles on Ed Sullivan. That was their that was their their watershed moment where they realized what they wanted to do. And for the Beatles themselves, it was hearing Elvis for the first time, or Little Richard for the first time, or Chuck Berry for the first time. For me, that was when I went to go see Stomach and Sense. And when one of the times um, my friend Nathan and I were there at River Oaks Theater watching this movie, and I was sitting on the edge of my seat watching the movie, and I turned to Nathan and said, "This is this is it. This is what I want to do." And he said this exact same thing. And he's like, are you sure? It's not going to be easy. Like, I don't care. This is what I'm doing. That's, yeah. yeah that, that's, it, it, it's amazing that, uh, and I've, I've said it before, I'm sure. Again, talking about the Shields, our, our, our friends, Anne-Marie Shields. Well, Jimmy Shields was my age. And uh, Jimmy and I were at a place called the Glen Eagle Hotel in County Kerry with our families. And we're watching the Wolf Tones, which... Our friend Derek Warfield is the one that books us yep. in Mandalay Bay, and where we're going in June to do the Celtic supporters yep, in Las Vegas convention. And uh, uh, that was the first time, the first time I'd been that close to to instruments. The Wolf Tones did a set, then they took a break, and they left their gear on the stage. And Jimmy and I went up during this during the the intermission, and we mimed on the stage to whatever was playing and it was some rock and roll number i'm sure and the to the crowd's delight and to our delight we figured out i think i know i figured out at that moment i might do this again sometime and i waited a lot longer jimmy got started very very quickly jimmy as i said in previous podcast started a band called roller skate skinny yeah yeah and uh the wounded knee and uh uh and he also played with his brother Kevin Shields in My Bloody Valentine. Jimmy is not only a great singer, guitar player, but he's a drummer, and I hate him. He's so talented. <laughs> he's just an incredible. Uh, did we ever meet Jimmy over there? I yes. Uh, I, well, I know I met Rock yes, Daddy. Yes, you did. You met Rock Daddy. Met Anna. Met, his, met her dad. Anna Marie Shields. We met Kevin in Austin when he was on tour. Yes, when we went to see My Bloody Valentine in Austin. Yes, we met him. Well, yeah, we met Jimmy and uh, uh, Siobhan. Siobhan was at the show with us uh she came to february mcgee's our very first ireland oh okay so she was there and uh we've we've the only person that you haven't met is eileen eileen shields she's a, a shoe designer in new york so um so we're back to kildare's irish pubs in philadelphia paddy's day yes in westchester in westchester was that was insane. a nightmare yeah so we pull up to this essentially this uh, very, very small town square we're driving in and we, uh, the, the Kildare's pub was on our left-hand side. We're driving in and there's this square. So it's a one way around this square. Uh, and there's just an ocean of people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm driving for a nice change. 
And I says, uh, uh, Chad, just run out there and ask the door guy where we load in. There's probably a back. Well, much to our chagrin, the, no the, back door. There's no back door. <laughs> at least none that they're gonna, none that we're going to. So we have to load our gear in. And keep in mind, there's already a DJ in there with gear that we're not using. Yeah. So we got to bring our PA in through this ocean of people all the way through this pub. And remember, Paddy's Day. This is an ocean of people, and there's no, there's a line down the block both ways all in and around all the people that have been thrown mm -hmm. out are in there so you gotta we gotta maneuver our way yeah. with all our gear it was packed wall to wall, wall and to we wall. had to literally lift everything over our heads yes, just to get through the crowd yeah it was hell <laughs> load yeah. in and load out yeah. i think um and then yeah. when we, you, know, you said there was a dj who was playing stuff just loud as sin so yeah we couldn't get, we, we could not see straight because our ears were yeah. bleeding with this guy trying to get, and we, they also put this, put us in this, this is kind of where the engineer architect uh, aspect of our job comes in. So they put us in the middle of the floor essentially, and they want us to play to everybody. We got two speakers to face outwards, mm -hmm. but we have, you know, three, 360 degrees of a club to fill. And it was kind of fortunate that the, the stage area had this kind of railing around it, yes. which if it hadn't had that, we would have been inundated. No. There would have been no barrier between yeah. us and, and even still, it, they, would, yeah, it was already chaotic yeah, enough as They it don't was. pay attention to yeah. it. So just another one of the joys, going back to our friend Steve. Are you sure you want to do this? That's where the moment where I was like, Steve, you're right. <laughs> yeah, so. that was, it's just one of those many, many moments we've had. Any, anybody in any band is going to have moments like this, but we have had tons of them where you just have to put your head down and go to work and you think, okay, this is crazy. I don't know how the hell we're going to make this work, but you just, you just, get to work and all you can do is just just keep looking straight ahead and keep yep. moving and it's yep. just yeah it's absolutely crazy i have there's some pictures from that show where you you can see in the show there's like earplugs like popping out of our ears yeah <laughs> really obvious looking you were like <laughs> yeah <laughs> just holding on for dear life and uh it was we had to play loud as crap just the crowd itself because there was so many people in there it was just just the murmur of the crowd was deafening yep. so we were turned up loud as hell and just just so he could hang on and and uh, keep keep going, and it was it was absolutely crazy. Yeah, and another thing that you learn on the road is you got to hydrate and you got to get sleep, and w which we didn't know back then. You learn so the hard way yeah. when you're playing every single night, or essentially every single night, or traveling in between. It's and this, you know, it's especially when you're playing at, at clubs like that that are uh, just teeming with with. And, and and remember, you know, Paddy's days, you know, you're not, that's not your professional drinkers. That's your people that are coming out the once or twice a year, the New Year's and Paddy's day, and they're just drinking till they can't. And then, uh, so we got to play for them. So it's, you know, it's, it definitely is. You got to, you got to, you got to know what you're getting into. Yeah. Yeah. And this was interesting. I, I thought I remembered playing two dates on Paddy's day. I could, and this, this, maybe, Wait, we did this date may be wrong because this has, Media, because I thought we played at Media, in Media, uh, Pennsylvania, at the, the Kildare's in Media in the afternoon. Yes, that's what we did. But here it says that it's the next day. This, no, that must be wrong. That's got to be wrong. Yeah. No, because we did it in that by that shopping center. Yeah. I, just when you said it, I just remember that. So that was our second show on Paddy's Day. Yeah, you're, you're exactly We played with, the, with the, those guys that thought they were the Clancy Brothers in the, in the big iron jumpers, the big... The, Vaguely, I, I, I just, I just now as we're as it's coming out of my mouth, I just remembered the, the they had an upright bass, 
and they had a. Oh yeah, they were they, good though. They they, they, they were yeah. good. I didn't say they were bad, but they they just, just they just wearing the and it was you know. I just remember that now that they were really yeah they're pretty cool. I recall it anyway. Yeah, and they were I running totally out to to a show. Yeah, they were running out to their second show when we showed up there. And they stayed around for our first three or four songs. Yeah. And just, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. yeah. I totally yeah. forgot about so that. So we did two shows on that Patty's Day. And, and I think there were Irish dancers there that, at media. I'm sure there were, yeah. Yeah, usually is. And that was a slightly, I mean, much less hectic, crazy show. It was just in the middle, after, middle of the afternoon. Yeah. On Patty's Day. So there was, it was busy, but it wasn't anything. <laughs> I mean, there, there, are, there aren't a whole lot of uh, experiences we've had like Westchester. I mean, we, we played some packed places, but not, not that crazy i mean yeah. that was like going to war it was ridiculous um and then after that on march 18th this is, is correct it was the last kildares we played on that tour which was in maniunk that was my favorite of all the kildares i thought that was the nicest it was a beautiful old building yeah um and the stage area was a nice big stage upstairs upstairs and we had a beautiful big, hardwood floors yeah really, really good really acoustics yeah yeah, that was an actual stage too. Yes. They had a Maniunk, that's correct. And my mother was there for that show. Yeah. My mother, uh, I'm going to tell you a little story here about a song that we do called Irish Rover. Um, we had at that point, it was about a 20 minute medley of songs that went into Irish Rover. So we went from Irish Rover, Chad did That's All Right Mama, we did, you know, a bunch of these songs, that were, you know, key changes, but all in a train. Mm-hmm. So, and we... It would often be different. Yeah, like, yeah we changed it up. Other, yeah. See, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. We just go call from the key changes that's, out. That's how, that's how 500 Miles was born. Yeah, we, I forgot about that. We used to play it straight. We used to play it like the record. Dun, 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 dun. Before this, before we started doing oh, the train. I didn't, I, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you, you were playing it when I first met you. You, you used to cover that. Oh, I don't recall. But that. it was a train version that we do now. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, that's, that's definitely how, how it was born. Yeah, it was how. Yeah, because we also how, had that that getting <laughs> back to the train, like the, just like with the train version of of um, Ball and Chain. There was that night, <laughs> one of one of many silly nights at at Brian O'Neill's, where it was just you and me and Brian. I think Terry went there for some reason this particular night, and just just to relieve our boredom, we played everything as a train yes. that night, just on the fly, trying yeah. to see if we could figure out how to make it work. And that's, but anyway, it was along those kind of lines. But yeah. yeah. But anyway, getting back to Maniunk in Pennsylvania, uh, we were doing this Irish Rover medley. And we usually, I think we usually ended with it. Uh, but whatever happened, yeah. my mother was at the show and we started Irish Rover. Well, she got up to dance. She loves that song. And uh, she got up to dance and some other people in the crowd got up to dance with her. I'd, I, I'd introduced her as, uh, uh, I think I, I think I'd introduced her as my mother, maybe introduced her as my, my ex-wife or something. But she, uh, she gets up to dance, and some of the people, the locals that were there, they got up to dance with her. Well, the song went 20 minutes plus, and she danced for the whole thing. And these people that were got, getting up to dance with her, they couldn't last. She's the only one that lasted the whole song. And I'm still, I'm still, and she's, uh, she's, uh, she's going to have a birthday this year. We're going to uh, hopefully celebrate with her in Ireland this year but uh uh she that was a a very very proud moment seeing her last the whole bloody thing i mean i yeah. i can i can i can't stand yeah. 10 minutes of that song she yeah she, so uh yeah she was uh she was she, she was the toast of uh Maniunk that night yeah that was that was so great and i've got there's pictures of that tour too yeah. of that night 
There's pictures of, I'll think of every single one of these shows that we're yeah. mentioning. And I've, I've got to go back and find them. So I may, I may repost all this stuff on the site just so that people can see yeah. the context, you know. Kind of, it's kind of like a fragmented documentary. You're hearing the audio here. You're going to have to go look at the pictures on your own. Because um, in my head, I've got these like Ken Burns style yeah. <laughs> zoom ins and all these shots as we're mentioning what's going on. That's excellent. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, again, very grateful that you kept that stuff because uh, didn't, oh, wait, Brad and Diane met us up there. Didn't, weren't, didn't, they, didn't they show up at one of those shows? Or a wow. couple of them. Yeah, yeah. I think they surprised us by, they were there for, for a lot of these Killed Air shows, yeah. I think. I, have, I totally, yeah. I just remember that now. I think some of those pictures might, might have been taken by them. Brad and Diane are friends of ours from the north side of Houston. They yeah. usually show up at the Kingwood locations. And, uh, yeah, well, and Brad used to come see us at Beverly like almost every week for and, a while. And, and Molly's downtown. And yes, back I mean, pretty much day. everywhere, but yeah, yeah. He, was, he was always around. Yeah. Um, I totally forgot that they, they were there. Yeah. Just now that's there. happened quite a few times. He's saying, Brad and Diane from North Houston, we've shown up in many, we, we talked last time about Jay Holland and the, our uh, Jamie Ward and uh, our Omaha crew showing up unannounced. And uh, it's happened many, many, many times. Our friend Laureen from um, St. Charles up by Chicago, she's shown up in uh, different places. And it's just, it's just, it's absolutely wonderful. Again, the, the, the reach, the the interweb reach, the internets, it's just been, in our travels, it's been just wonderful to uh, to connect with these people and then reconnect and reconnect and reconnect. It's just, it really is, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Oh, and another interesting thing about Maniunk gig is that um, Brian Vogel, our drummer at the time, original, the original drummer of Blackguards, uh, his cousin, whom I'm forgetting their names now, but his cousin was uh, the mother of Bam Margera. Bam Margera, yeah, from Jackass, uh, from, from Jackass, yeah. So they were there at Maniunk. That's uh, right, Phil and uh, I can't remember Phil and I'll have I'll get it in a second. Yeah, but they were there that night. We met them, and then they invited us to come because we were going to drive all, all the way back to Houston the next day. So uh, before we left town, we went to go visit them at at their house, and then she took us over to Bam Margera's mansion. So he wasn't there. He was off probably filming the show somewhere. Phil was a huge Elvis fan. That's right, yeah. And we did uh, Suspicious Minds for him, and he just, uh, yeah. he just loved that. Uh, I'm, I'm just, that's right, that's right, yeah. Yeah, she was, so, she was just so, so hospitable when we went to, uh, when she showed us around their, their house and then took us over to Bams, but she just brought us through everywhere. She showed us in... She showed us the areas where they filmed the show and what episode. I had never seen the show. I wasn't. I didn't know who Bam Margera was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I guess he and Johnny Knoxville were the big names from, yeah. from that show. So I had heard of them, and they just they just couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. And it was. I think it was still the peak time for that show. Yeah, it was still on the air. Yeah, and I, mean, I think that's why he wasn't there. I think that's why he he was yeah. filming it somewhere. But. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll dig up these pictures so you can see them because I haven't had these online for a while. Yeah, so then we got, got back in the van. We had a rental van on this tour. It was a purple Ford, I think, that we yeah, rented from, 15 passenger, from, yeah. from PV Rentals in Houston. And we drove all the way back home. Yep. Stopped at uh, Cracker Barrel in Kentucky. <laughs> was that the birth of Mr. Whiskers? Was that that tour? It may have been on the way home from that. Yeah, okay. and it was in real, Virginia. Real quick story, Virginia. Yes, it was. I pictured this Virginia. too. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Quick, quick, quick story. 
Chad's going to edit this out. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, we, we continue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Record all you want there, Tubby. Uh, so we're, so we're driving home We come across this diner and you know, it's got to be a good diner, right? It's got Elvis who uh, kind of looks like he's been dropped out of a plane. There's a giant gorilla out front. John's getting to that. But there's all the Marilyn Monroe and there's all the icons of the 50s and 60s. And uh, so we pull, all right, got to be good, right? Big, you know, uh, what, 50-foot gorilla out in the front and all these very, very poor. It looked like, the, looked like somebody was, was uh, doing these portraits while they were riding a roller coaster. So, <laughs> so we go into this place and it's all pink and neon and silver and think, this is gonna be great this is gonna be absolutely fantastic so uh i get a burger brian vogel the drummer incidentally when we were in philadelphia too so we go into jim steaks and pat steaks oh, no. to get a philly cheesesteak and uh, uh do, do, do you guys have chicken, chicken. <laughs> do you want to see a place stop in its tracks and stare you down <laughs> go into jim's cheesesteaks and ask for chicken yeah and yeah watch the oh my god if you've anyway. ever been to gems too this is on um on south street right is that what it, yeah yeah and it's one of the one of the most popular i mean you can get cheesesteaks all over town in, in philly but this is one of the one of the populars there's 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 pats and there's Gino's and there's gems yeah. and there's a few other places that, that people will, will tell you but the gems at this particular day, I had a line. This happens there frequently. A line out the door, around the corner, down the street. Rain or shine. So we took us about 20, 30 minutes just to get in the door. And then, and and then, then and around the cattle guards, yeah, you right. know, around the, the walkways to, to get to the counter. Hey, you got chicken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stunning silence. Off the... Anyway. So anyway, back to, the, back to the road home. And we're in a diner. And we're sitting down. I order a burger. And uh, Brian goes, hey, you got chicken? And... Uh, <laughs> then uh, and and Turi Turi ordered, ordered something probably salad flavored or uh, she she got something really healthy you know maybe like a hot dog or something but uh, Chad orders the meatloaf yeah I, I love meatloaf you're a diner right mm-hmm. it seems you know it comes with mashed potatoes and well uh, <laughs> so we're you know we're just waiting there and it wasn't long you know because it's fine fine dining it comes out in about five minutes but Chad goes to wash his hands and he comes back and as he's excuse me as he's in in the restroom. The food arrives. Well, the burger sits down. looks like a diner burger. And the chicken sits down. And it's just, just like chicken. And Therese, whatatever she got, she got like eight things. It was huge. She, she always eat. And uh, uh, then they put down what looked like, and I kid you not, it looked like, you know, if, if a child paints clouds on a, on a piece of paper, it's just this white, pure white, fluffy. There's no way it's natural. Potatoes laid across the thing and then what what you could see the imprint of a can <laughs> right this perfectly circular brown thing with this thick brown stuff <laughs> laying across it but you could see the in, the indentation of where where it came out of the can just like that and Tori's eyes got as big as dinner plates brian just started wetting himself I am staring out the window, just like pinching myself. Don't say anything. Stop because the waitress is there and, and we don't want to, you know. So Chad's not back yet. We're looking at this, for lack of a better term, fancy feast. Where it just, it looked like it a looked, tin of cat food. Like cat food yeah. It looked like, so Tori quips something like a, and yeah. Brian does this incredible uh, impersonation of a cat where he puts his keys on the table and he swats them with his hands you know like like he squashes all his fingers together and he 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 smacks the keys back and forth while 
with this stunned look in his face, like, oh my God, look at that. And he's chasing his keys around the table. <laughs> well, then the cat joke starts. So we're calling him Mr. Whiskers. We're calling him, uh, we're calling him well, all, all kinds of, you know, Fancy Feast, uh, Kibbles and Bits, uh, just anything that we could think of. We're just, well, we're in tears laughing. We just, it, it, it was absolutely hysterical. All the way home. Yeah, it, 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 exactly. It never stopped. So Chad comes and sits down and we're all, yeah. you know, and, and, he's, and he looks at it. Oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> and the whole way home, okay. remember, we, we still had 20 hours ish in the, in the van at that point and we did nothing but cat impersonation and this is also well documented in my photo archives because <laughs> we, we were pretty good about documenting stuff this is before iphones you were yeah well i had yeah. i had this little i still have this camera this little little portable camera and uh so i yeah but from my perspective you know i go to the restroom i come back the food's sitting there and the table's quiet i sit down and terry looks at me goes <laughs> just this thing she puts her hands over her her, her head to, to imitate cat ears i've got a picture of her doing that yeah. brian also had this thing where he we'd, we'd stop on the on this drive home where, where the cat jokes would never stop whenever we stopped he was uh, he would turn to the window and go pah, 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 pah. scratch cat, at the window like paw at the window. yeah <laughs> yeah that was, that, was, that was probably not worth the time that it took to tell the story <laughs> but it was very funny to me it was inevitable so that was that first tour so, gosh, that's we've we filled up a whole hour. I know. Um, although you you probably haven't heard an hour at home because I'm going to be ju- judiciously editing this thing as I usually do, and there's, <laughs> there's plenty more. I mean, we've barely even touched. This is just the 2006 uh, show itinerary here. I mean, we've literally played. Uh, I want to say close to 2,000 shows. I mean, from just just from the beginning of Blackguards. I mean, you could yeah. you could go back into the Patrick Devlin band days and be beyond that. Elemental Penguin. Yeah, I mean, I'm, but I mean, the change. So many shows, and it's just the stories are just endless. So I, I'm, stop making Chad. We sometimes before we do this podcast, <laughs> we uh, what are we gonna talk about? And <laughs> it's like like we got I mean, we have nothing to talk about. I don't know what to do. Oh, you can see all they do is pull up one date. We're like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's so, incredible. I hope we're not boring you guys to tears. But, yeah, uh, and, and please uh, submit questions if you have them. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know we're going to talk about influences again. We've got a few uh, people calling, asking about early uh, musical influences and what we listen to now and that kind of stuff. So I know we're going to talk about that in the future. We're also going to talk about our upcoming Vegas, California, uh, Arizona yeah. trip. So, uh, so yeah, if, 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 if you do have questions you know, uh, shoot them over and, uh, we'll, uh, make sure to load up on coffee and tell you some lies. Yes. Thank you.